We all know about Jonah and the whale, uh, and we're going to talk about that. And guess what? That's a part of Jonah's story, but that's not really the whole thing, okay? So we're going to dive a little bit into that. I have my timer set over there because I studied this so much that I could preach on this for three days. But it's a three-day weekend, so I ain't taking up all y'all's weekend, okay? Uh, so let's, in Jonah chapter number one, uh, and uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Uh, we're going to start with verse number one. And it says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. He told him, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. He said, announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah, somebody say, but Jonah. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship there, leaving toward Tarshish. He brought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Verse number four. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods uh, that they would help them. Uh, and throw the cargo over to lighten up the ship. I'm going to pause there uh, because uh, I want to get into this um, and we'll get back into that in a little bit. Okay, so choose a neighbor, okay, who's got on the flyest summer outfit and I want you to share today's uh, topic with your neighbor. Say neighbor. 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 Stop, Stop running, running from your life. From Say other neighbor. other neighbor. You are not my first choice. You got on a fly summer outfit too. And tell them, stop running from your life. That's what we're going to talk about today. Running from your life. Not for your life. Running from your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're here. I pray that the words that we hear would pierce our hearts, our minds, our spirits. I pray that those that are down when I finish sharing your word, that they would be up. That those that are on empty when I finish, that they would be full. Not of my words, but your words. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first thing here in verse number one we see is that the Lord spoke a word to Jonah. That's important to know. Because what this communicates to us is that God is always speaking. God's always got something to say. And you may be looking at me crazy today like, well, I ain't heard nothing in a long time. Is the sound on there? Can you hear the sound on Facebook? Okay. Uh, I ain't heard nothing from God in a long time. Listen, well, that could be for a plethora of reasons. reasons. But one of the reasons it is not is not because God is speaking. God is always speaking. He's always speaking to those that will listen and those that will hear. But let me tell you why many people in the world today cannot hear what God is saying to them. Somebody say why. why? Because many of us cannot hear from God because we've already decided that we know what he's going to say. Amen. Crickets, whatever else is back there. Uh, turtles, that bird right there with the orange uh, uh, wing. Listen, many of us have decided that we know what God is going to say. So we don't hear from him because we think that he's going to say what we already know. Or we think he's going to say what we already feel. Have you ever had, you know, I ain't going to make you do it, but there's been some times before I was married to Gina where I wanted this relationship. So I asked God, I said, Lord, show me a sign 
that this is the one for me. Uh-huh. Show me a sign, God, that some way, somehow I can get to uh, uh, um, uh, L.A., okay, and meet Brandy, and we can be sitting up in a room. Lord, show me a sign that one way or another, okay, we can be best friends whenever I'm down. I call on you. Anyways, let me get back here, right? I said, Lord, show me. I decided what I wanted. And because I wanted it, I asked for God to show me a sign. Anybody ever did that before? Right? And guess what happens? Because I want it, guess where signs are? Everywhere. Everywhere. I, I turn on Moesha, and I'm like, she talking to me. Speak, Mo. Talk to me. Uh-huh. See, every, everywhere I go, I see a sign because it's something that I want. But sometimes God will have you do what you don't want to do, but it's best for you anyway. I said what I said, and I'll say it again. Sometimes God will have you do something that you do not want to do, but it's the best thing for you. So God speaks to Jonah, and God tells Jonah to go to a great city called Nineveh. Now, let's talk a little bit about Nineveh. Nineveh was uh, great means big. It was a big city. It was a large city. But not only that, it was a bad city. It was a wicked city. These people would not only, you know, beat down their enemies, but they would uh, do terrible things and put their enemies on display. And they would torture their enemies. They were a wicked people. So, this is part of the reason why Jonah didn't want to go. He said, I don't want to go there to those wicked people. Not to mention, he was a foreigner. So, going into foreign territory Okay, he was definitely in the threat of being come at, right? Anybody ever ask you to go to a place you ain't never been before? If you anything like me, the first question I got is, who gonna be there? Okay, don't call me and ask me to go to this party. Who's going to be at the party? Okay, don't ask me to go to this surprise event and not tell, okay, do I want to go bowling? It depends who gonna be at the bowling alley. Right? Uh-huh. Do I want to go to the mall? It depends. Who are we meeting at the mall? Right? It depends who you go with. And God was sending Nineveh, uh, Jonah to a place named Nineveh, and these people were wicked. So the Bible says he did not want to go. And the Bible says that the first thing God told Jonah to do was get up. If you have a, a King James Version or a New Living, Trent, uh, not a New Living, or a uh, NIV Version, it might say arise. The first thing God told Jonah to do is he told him to get up from where you're at. He's saying, you are at too low of a place right now. And God said, get up. Before I give you an assignment, I give you a command to get up. And that's the word of the Lord for somebody today. You've been down on yourself all week long. God said, it's time for you to get up. You've been comparing your real life to somebody's fake life on Instagram. And God said, if you don't get up, uh huh, you've been comparing your real struggle with somebody else uh, uh, faking like they struggling, right? You've, compa you've been comparing your real pain, okay, to somebody else's uh, fake pain. And God says, before you move forward, before you walk out of this park and get, out of, uh, get in your car, I want you to get up. I want you to know that the place that you've been living is not the place that I've designed for you to be. The place your family has been living is not the place that I've designed for you to be. Living with the cloud of darkness over your life is not the place that I have for you to be. And, you know, sometimes you meet these people and they say they're terrible every day, right? You know, you ask them any day of the week, they say they're bad. And the truth of the matter is sometimes, you know, I had somebody come in my office. I work in mental health this week and they were like, you know, I'm concerned about uh, my daughter because I think she's faking like she got depression. 
And I knew I was saved then because I didn't say what I really wanted to say. Okay. Uh, I said as diplomatically as I could. I said, uh, Mom, can I just share this with you? People don't fake like they have depression. They just fake like they're okay. People don't fake like they are really sad. They just fake like they are okay, right? So when somebody shows you that they're sad or vulnerable or really going through it, they're not faking. You might think they're faking because normally when you ask them how they're doing, they lie and say, oh, I'm wonderful, okay? Or, you know, I grew up in this church, and uh, the church I grew up, which is a great church, by the way. But there was this lady that would be there every day, right? And she would say, I'm blessed and highly favored, uh-huh, every day. And I used to be like, Lord, I need to, uh, uh, I need to go to her house because I'm not blessed and highly favored every day. Some days I'm ready to go off when I wake up. Someday I'm mad at the alarm clock. I want to throw it against the wall immediately. Some days I wake up and I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to respond to anybody. I don't want to have anything to do with anybody. Uh, but people don't fake like they are hurting. They fake like they're okay because we've gotten into a society that communicates like everything is okay when it's not really. And he says, get up and I want you to go to Nineveh. And he says, announce my judgment. But the Bible says in verse number three, Jonah got up, which is good. But he went in what direction? The opposite direction. God said, I want you to go to Chicago. And Jonah said, no, nah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to um, Green Bay. Okay, God said, I want you to go to New York. Jonah said, no, nah, I'm going to L.A. Okay, I'm going the opposite way. Because Jonah thought that he could run away from God. Isn't that crazy? This is a prophet. This okay. Let's break that down a little bit. This this means Jonah's job is to proclaim or to speak on the behalf of God. That's what he gets compensated for. That's his career choice. He is a mouthpiece for God. He hears from God and then he speaks to what God says. Uh huh. He the Bible calls him a prophet because God speaks to him and then he speaks to them because God has something to say to him and then he speaks to the people. Let me just throw this in here. I'm glad you're here at this church today. If this is not your church, I certainly want you to be a part. But even if you move on and go to another church, you should never go to a place where a man or a woman stands here and tells you what they feel. Uh huh. Because sometimes my feelings are wrong. Uh huh. I know. I know sometimes my feelings are not right. So when I tell you things, I try to communicate from the Bible because even when I'm wrong, the Bible's right. Uh huh. When I was growing up, they used to sing this song. I know the Bible is right. Somebody's wrong. So the Bible always has the right answers. And this dude is a prophet. And God says to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And he goes in the other direction. Here's another point for you real fast. Okay. Now, only say yes if you mean it. Okay, I'm going to say something harsh, but I believe if you will heed it, it will be helpful to you. Okay, so if you want me to say it, uh, say, I can handle it. Okay, so I appreciate your... I appreciate your honesty. So I'll just talk to the I can handle it. If the I don't know, hear it, you just hear it. But I'm saying it to the I can handle it. Sometimes God is going to tell you to do what you don't like to do. Uh-huh. And, and I know that's difficult to handle because you're like, well, God, if you love me, everything you tell me to do, I should want to do. But there are some things that God can see that you and I cannot see. So that's why we cannot be, um, that's why we can't do everything we want to do. That's why I can't listen to my own self. 
Uh-huh. That's why I can't follow my own will. Because how many can say, I, you, you know, we're living in a generation where people say, do what you feel, okay? You feel like doing it, do it. You feel like saying it, say it. You feel like going there, go in there. But how many can say like me, I feel like going off sometimes. I feel like going wild sometimes. I feel like posting some stuff that I have no business posting. But here's the thing about it. Here's why I push delete. Because I can be wrong sometimes. Is there anybody that can acknowledge I can be wrong sometimes? And do you know, do you know how difficult it is for me to stand up here and say that in front of you guys? I can be wrong sometimes. You, you know, sometimes I'll be driving with Gina and I have nowhere, no idea where I'm going. And she say, you know where you're going? You know what I say? Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> it is difficult for me to acknowledge that I am wrong. Uh-huh. Sometimes she'd be like, well, we just went around this for the fourth time, didn't we? And I'd be like, no. But the answer really is, yeah. But I just don't want to admit that I'm wrong. Because not only is it embarrassing, but it's, it's, it's difficult. It makes me feel some type of way, right? That's what you say when you don't know exactly how to feel. It makes me feel some kind of way. But God is saying, one of the reasons why you can trust me with your life is because even though you do not understand it now, you will understand it later. One of the reasons why you can say, Lord, I can give up my will to you is because God sees what you cannot see. And God can go where you cannot go. And God can do where you cannot do. So this dude, Jonah, who is a prophet of God, says, I'm running away from God. Now, that's kind of crazy because God is omnipresent. Omni means all. Presence means here. So that means God is everywhere. Okay. Or that means God is everywhere. Everybody say everywhere. Okay, he's there's nowhere you can go that he cannot see you. Uh-huh. And this man knows that because he knows God. Uh-huh. And let me tell you this. No matter what situation you find yourself in today, God is there. If you made all the right decisions this week, God bless you. God is there. If you made some terrible decisions, God is there. If you wish that you were not in the predicament you were in today, God is there. If you're up this week, God is there. If you're down this week, God is there. If you have been sinning and making mistakes and turning your back on God, God is there. If you say, God, I want to have nothing to do with you, guess what? He's still there. You might be saying, Al, where do you get that from? Psalm chapter number 139, verse number seven. Okay, put that in your Evernote. Put that in your notebook. Write that down somewhere. Psalms chapter 139, verse number seven. David speaks and he says, if I go up into the highest parts of heaven, you are there. He says, where can I go that your presence is not there? Then he don't stop right there. He says, when I'm up, you're there. Come on, Cardi. When it's up, when it's up, when it's up, then it's stuck. He says, no matter how high I get, you are there. But then he doesn't stop right there. He says, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Uh huh. When I leave the wrong partner, I mean, leave the right partner for the wrong one, you are there. Uh huh. When I decide that I want to uh, move and this thing ain't, I leave the right thing to go to the wrong thing. God says I am there. So Jonah is like, man, I want to get away from you, but God says there's no getting away from me. Uh huh. And that seems painful in one moment, but I don't know about you, but I'm grateful here today that some of the decisions I wanted. Now this ain't for everybody, but this is if this is for you, I want you to make some noise after I say this. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that some of the things I wanted in my life that God still said no. 
I am grateful, hallelujah, that some of the people I thought I wanted to be, I hope they're watching me on Facebook Live right now. Some of the people that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, I am glad that, make sure you share this if you're watching too, okay, homegirl? I'm so glad that what I thought was going to be a home run, God said, no, you ain't even, even getting in the game. I am so glad that God, my rejection was God's protection. We, we could end and eat the burgers right now. Did you hear what I said? My rejection was God's protection. So what that essentially means is sometimes God will say no now because there's a greater yes coming. Sometimes God will say no way, Jose, because he has bigger things on the other side. And he says, you can't see what I can see. You don't know what I know. So the Bible says he gets up and he says, I am going not to, uh, I'm going all the way to Tarshish. And Tarshish is on the other side of the country. And he says, I go, I'm going there right now. And here's what I love here. In verse number four, it says, but the Lord hurled, excuse me, in verse number three, it says, not only did he decide to go there, but it says he decided to go down. Uh-huh. He said he went down when you. Okay, you just can't read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Uh huh. Repeat after me. I just can't read the Bible. I got to read the Bible. The Bible says that he decided he wanted to go in the opposite direction of God. And the Bible says the next thing happened is Jonah went down. Uh huh. He went down to Joppa. And then the Bible goes on in verse number six and uh, uh, verse uh, number five. It says he goes down into the bottom of the ship in other words he's made his decision to not listen to God and immediately he's going down he's made the decision he ain't gonna do what God says do and the only way to go is down sometimes in the moment it seems like it's okay but it's really going down when God tells you to go one way and you go another you're on your way down when God tells you to apologize and you say, I ain't apologizing, you going down. All you're doing is bringing yourself down. When God says to forgive with or without an apology and you say, nah, they're going to have to write me. Not only is they going to have to apologize, they're going to have to buy me something. Come on. Uh-huh. They're going to have to apologize on Facebook and tag me in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes we like, no, they want to act a fool with all the big energy. Don't come in here sending me a text message when you apologize. You was on Facebook making all this noise. So make all the noise. Then sometimes it don't work like that. Sometimes it does not work like that. And we have to make a decision and say, Lord, no matter what way you do what you're getting ready to do in my life, I am open to it. And the Bible says that God was sending Jonah to Nineveh because these people were ungodly, but God still loved them. They were turning their back against God. They wanted to have no, nothing to do with God, but God still loved them. And God still had a plan. Even though God's people were over here and Nineveh was over there, God said, I love the ones that are not easy to love and the ones that are easy to love anybody watch this is us in here wave your hand at me okay about two of us three okay so only the four of y'all gonna get it everybody else if you watch it spoiler alert somebody say spoiler alert so my wife loves this is us so because i'm a good husband i decided to watch she watched the whole season i mean the whole season finale all that she watched all how many seasons is it eight nine Seven? Okay. So, I don't know. But she watched all of them. So I said, okay, my wife loves This Is Us. So I'm going to start watching. So last week I watched episode number 
season number two, episode number 11. And this one is called The Fifth Wheel. And uh, I, I, Kate is, is three kids. I'm trying to think, how do I describe this show quickly? I'll just get to the point. You've got three kids. You've got Kate, you've got Kevin, and you've got Randall. Okay? Then you got the mom. What's the mom's name? And this is us. What's her name? Rebecca, thank you. So you got Rebecca, right? And long story short, what ends up happening is Kevin ends up uh, getting in a terrible car accident with Randall's daughter in the back seat, okay? And he ends up going to rehab and he gets a therapist. And they're at the therapist's office, okay? Kevin, Randall, uh, and Kate, and the mom, Rebecca, is there and they're talking about the family issues that they've had. And Kevin starts going in on his mom and he says, just admit. Randall is black. The rest of them are white. He was adopted. He says, just admit, mom, you loved Randall more than you loved us. Just admit that you cared about him more than you cared about. Just admit that he was your favorite this whole time. And he's going in on her. I'm talking about, mom, you know he's your favorite. You know, And she screeched out and she says, he was just easier to love. It's not that he was my favorite. It's just that he was easier to love. And God says, I love the ones that are easy to love and the ones that are difficult to love. I love the ones that love themselves and the ones that hate themselves. So long story short, and we'll get into it more next week. The Bible says that Jonah gets on this ship and he has no business being on this ship and they throw him overboard. Uh-huh. And the Bible says, even though Jonah is going not the right way, but which way? The wrong way. He throws him overboard. And the Bible says at the end of the verse, which we'll get into more next week, that as soon as he jumps out the boat, there's a whale there. Excuse me, a great fish, the Bible says, to consume him. And the Bible says he stays in the belly of the fish three days and four nights. Last thing I'm going to say about this is in verse number 17, I was studying. OK, and the Old Testament, for those that don't know. Most of it was written in Hebrew. So I'm doing some studying this week. And belly in verse number 17, chapter 1, verse number 17, is a male version. Okay? So you've got these scholars that dispute whether this story actually happened or not. Because they're like, well, in verse number 17, it says the belly of the fish. And it's talking about a male uh, term, right? Belly is uh, synonymous with male. But then when you go to chapter 2, it says the same term about the fish's belly, but it's talking about a female. And I was, man, it took me days. I'm like, Lord, I, why why the consist, inconsistency here, right? The male um, um, belly has to do with, you know, uh, 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 um, the waste system, right? And uh, eliminating and all that jazz. But the female system has to do with reproduction, right? And life and development. So I was looking at this today and God opened up my eyes. And I almost, man, I was so happy when he opened this up to me. I almost threw my lace front up and down. And I don't even got one, okay? Uh, but I was so happy because I'm like, Lord, this makes so much sense. And I said, God, help me to understand. And he said, when Jonah first got into the belly of the whale, it was just a storage place. It was a place that he could have wasted his time. But in the middle of chapter two, he decides, I'm not just going to be here, but I'm going to begin to pray to God. And when Jonah is in the belly of the fish and he begins to open up his mouth and pray to God, God turns what was a wasteland into a reproductive system. God says, because you got in contact with me in the worst situation, what was meant to just be wasteful for you, I'm going to use to produce something in you. 
So can I tell you the issue, the struggle that you are in today? God says, are you going to allow it to be a wasteful situation? Or are you going to allow me to reproduce something out of this? Are you going to allow me to birth something out of this? Are you going to allow me to make something? I know you did not want this situation for your life. But are you going to allow me to do what I want to do? I lied because I said that was the last thing. This is the last thing. I have three kids, young kids. I have more than that, but we've got three young kids. Alex is four. You can see him over there. Alina is six and Ivory is eight. If you have ever raised a toddler, anybody ever raised a toddler in here, wave your hand at me. God bless you. We should have a, prayer, a special prayer line for that. Okay, It takes a special anointing, hallelujah, to raise a toddler. And I remember why we were raising all three of them. I would say uh, uh, Ivory or Alex would see something across the street and they would go to run across the street. They would see a dog, or they would see the ice cream man, or they would see a butterfly, or they, they would see something that they want, and they don't see that there's a street there. They just see what they want. Uh-huh. And I would call them, I would say, Ivory, Alina, Alex, and two of them just kept on running, okay, at a certain age. I'm not going to divulge which names of two, but I'll let you figure out. And one of them, he did not, um, he just slowed down. So that was progress for me. He, he didn't stop altogether, but he's slow. But all he could see, or all they could see, was what was on the other side of the street. But what am I seeing? I'm seeing danger. I'm seeing cars come by. I'm seeing motorcycles coming by. And I'm like, I'm trying to protect you. But all he sees is what he wants. So he was running for his life. He was running for what he wanted. They were running for what they wanted. But they were really putting themselves in danger. Because if they went across the street to get the dog and a car came, it was over. If they went to get across the street and uh, a motorcycle came and hit them, it was over. So they were running for something, but they were running from something and they didn't even know. And that's what this story here is about Jonah. He thought he was running for his life, but he was really running from his life. If, can I give you a preview? The Bible says in verse number, uh, chapter number four, he ends up preaching to all these people, and there's this great revival where all these people get saved. But he was so concerned about himself that he almost missed seeing the blessing that God had because he couldn't see what was going to happen. But God saw. So he thought he was running for his life, but he was really running from his life. Sometimes we say, I'm going to make my own decision. I'm going to choose and do and go where I want to go. And God says, you're not, you're not living for your life you're living from uh-huh you know you're not running for your purpose you're running from your purpose uh -huh. there's some of us in here god's been telling us to do something we like lord when i get ready god's saying you don't got to be ready to do it all you have to do is lean on me you have been experiencing the bible says that he has a storm and he hits the storm hits him and the storm comes because of his disobedience sometimes god sends disruptions because he says i love you so much i'm not gonna let a distraction take you out because I will use heartbreak to get you to your purpose. I will use being broke to get you to your purpose. I will use lose uh, use losing your house to get you to your purpose. Because he says, the plans I have for you are bigger than you. God says it this way. He says, you want good stuff for your life, right? Take a moment and think about what you want for your life. Maybe you want a bigger house. Maybe you want your kids to be saved, right? Maybe you want more money in your bank. Think about whatever it is that you want. Your wildest dream, right? Whatever it is that you want in your life. Uh -huh. Take a moment. Think, think about what if, if you could get all that you want, what would your life look like? I know you're seeing beautiful things and you're seeing blessing and you might see yourself older with your grandchildren. You might see a mansion, a couple men, whatever. You might see a, a money galore. You might see yourself not, not working anymore. Whatever it is that you think about, God has bigger in store. So the question is, will you give up your will for his will?
How do I know his will is better? The Bible says it this way. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that loved you. Did you hear what I just said? The Bible says ain't nobody ever seen the blessings that God wants to give you. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody ever seen. Uh-huh. Ain't nobody even ever heard the miracles that God wants to do in your life. And if we would yield our hearts and our minds to him, we would see God do amazing things in our life. Running from your life, not running for your life. Let's bow our heads. God, we're thankful here today that your word, the Bible says the entrance of the word brings light. I pray, God, that we would walk in that light this week, that we would live. I pray, God, that the friction many of us have been receiving, that we would yield and say, Lord, I'm tapping out. I'm giving it to you. This life, I cannot do it the way I've been doing it. Please.